Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. Good morning. So good to be back. Miss all of you. Some of you I haven't met. There's so many new faces here. So welcome. Welcome to church. Welcome to our Dulles campus. I'm so excited that we're joining all together in one moment here at Citizen Heights. We are one church, right? Many rooms, one church. And so I just want to welcome you. If you're wherever you're tuning in from online campus, we're excited to have you join with us. And we're so thankful for the opportunity to connect this morning and to be able to teach the word this morning. And so I hope that you're ready. Grab out your pen, uh, quiet the kids if you're tuning in from home. But for the rest of us in the room, we're excited to hear the word. Are you ready? It's so good to see you guys. Man, I miss you. Thank you for all the birthday love. Birthdays are both depressing and happy when you get to a certain age, but you know, the alternative of no birthday is not great, so I guess I'll take it, right? So anyway, thank you so much for the birthday love, and it's so good to see everyone. Um, I hope I remember how to do this. It's been a a minute, Uh, but anyway, how many of you, first of all, I just want to say shout out to our amazing pastoral team and staff who really carried, um, yeah, the last several weeks. That's right. We have an incredible pastoral team and teaching team who were able to bring our summer series. And I know I was impacted as I tuned in online, and I hope that you uh, also were able to keep up with those messages and were blessed by the word of God this summer, all summer long. But yesterday we concluded our 21 days of prayer also. So that was amazing and incredible. And I hope that you were able to engage. But if you weren't, you know what? It's never too late to start praying. And today I'm going to talk about pray prayer. And I hope that today you're going to be inspired and encouraged and challenged to not just leave 21 days of prayer, but to continue, right, in that habit and allow what we do, what happens in 21 days of prayer with that intensive focus to really level up your prayer life. Do you believe that? That's the hope. That's the prayer. It's so good in August. We do 21 days of prayer twice every year. Once in January, of course, we put fasting with it in in January. But we also, in August, it is such a good time to really reset and refocus and set aside extra time to really focus on what is God speaking to my life? What is God going to do in this next season, right? It's not just, a, it's, it's, a, it's a new season in God, but it's a new season in the natural, amen? With the fall coming, it's a, it's a time of transition. We get back into our routines and we just wanna come before God and really set aside time to say, God, what are you saying? What do you wanna do in my life? in this season, amen? And can you believe we are just a few months away from 2022 being gone? And I know for me, I wanna finish strong. Anybody with me? I wanna finish 2022 in faith. No matter what the circumstances might look like around me, I want to 
be trusting God. I want to be believing God. I want to be prioritizing the things that he values. Did you hear that? We, <laughs> we prioritize the things that we value. So I want to take God's values, adopt them as my own, make those my priorities, and then set those into my routine and see the fruit of that in my everyday life as disciples of Jesus. Can I get an amen this morning? Awesome. So I'm excited today to really just open the word and share a message with you that I hope will, like I said, continue to encourage you continue to challenge you in prayer because we all need to pray more. Can you say pray more? Are you a loud talkative church? Oh yeah. Don't you hate it when a preacher makes you say something and like repeat something? So I'm totally doing that. Okay. Look at your neighbor and say pray more. <laughs> we all need it. Isn't it true? There, you know, we all need to pray more, don't we? We all could use a little more prayer. We have a saying here at Citizen Heights, and you might be like, wow, that's so fundamental. Yeah, we just have a way of never outgrowing the basics is what I've learned <laughs> in my own life, in every area of my life, whether it's in regard to my relationship uh, with my husband, my relationship with my kids, my relationship with others, whether it's in regard to my relationship with God, uh, my health, my fitness, we never outgrow the basics. And so we can all use more prayer. So, so uh, today we're going to talk about that. So we, uh, we have this saying that says, more prayer is better than less prayer. Wow, so profound, right? More prayer is better than less prayer. Why? Because 100% of the prayers that you don't pray are not going to be answered. Come on. 100% of the prayers that you don't pray are not going to be answered. So we're going to pray big, bold, faith-filled prayers, right, this year as we close out 2022 and on into the next that God has for us because God is always moving. He is always moving. He is always on the move. The question is, are we in step with him? Amen? Are we leaning in? Are we excited about what he's doing? Are we aware of his presence in our lives? Are we hanging on to faith? Some of us have had very difficult circumstances to contend with. Some of us have had very hard things to face. But you know what? I can promise you that God is working behind the scenes to perfect the details of your life. He says he is working all things together for good, for those who love him, for those who are called according to his purposes. And he has a will and he has a way, even in the midst of the worst storm, to bring you through, to expand your capacity, amen, on the inside and on the outside, but mostly he's interested on the inside, expanding your capacity to trust him, to believe him, because he is a good Father, and a good father is more interested in our eternal condition than our temporary pleasure. So while we sit in our pain and we whine and we cry sometimes, not to minimize that, but it's a real thing. Sometimes we sit there and we say, God, why can't you change this situation? He is working in this situation, amen? James tells us so that patience can have its perfect work, making you perfect, complete, lacking Nothing, Amen. And that's the God that we serve. He is always with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And he is a good father. So I want to talk to you today about pray more. Pray more. In fact, the title of my message is 
the power and posture of prayer. The power of post and posture of prayer. And something I've learned, especially on holiday weekends, is the quicker we're just get it in and get us out, right? So you can say amen, and I will get us through these points, and we will be on our way, but hopefully there in the process will be an impartation of the word of God into our lives. Because you know what? You don't need man's opinions. You don't need my words. You need an impartation from heaven, amen? And the word of God is powerful. It is alive, and it is able to do inside of us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are you ready? Awesome. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it is alive, that it is powerful, that you have something unique and special for each and every one of us. God, we thank you that it is not by accident that any of us are sitting here today that any of us are tuning in, God. All of our, our church family at the Dulles campus that is joining, Father, we thank you that we are gathered together. We lean in this morning with an expectation. We set our expectation on you. You and you alone, Lord God. We ask that your word would come alive, that it would highlight the things that we need to learn today, that, it would, that, that you would make us aware of the things that you want to adjust. God, we open our hearts even to the conviction of the Holy Spirit today. God, we thank you for your love, for your word, and how you grow us up in you. Father, we wanna become more like you today in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Awesome. All right, today I'm going to give you five things about prayer that hopefully will inspire you, challenge you, and just make you want to pray more. Look at your neighbor and say, pray more. Okay, it's not going away. <laughs> five things. These aren't the only five things about prayer, but these are five things that have been on my heart as I have reflected over the last 21 days of prayer. But the first thing might seem obvious, but the number one thing is prayer connects me to God. Prayer connects me to God, right? Prayer is a spiritual communion with God. It is spiritual intimacy with God. Don't get weirded out or grossed out by that intimate word. This is where you come before God. Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew chapter six. He said, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Prayer is, can be in community. Prayer can be at church. Prayer can be in a lot of things, but prayer must be something that is personal between you and Jesus. He said, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees you in secret will reward you. Prayer is personal. Prayer is intimate and it is your opportunity to connect with Jesus. Isn't that powerful? Why don't we do it more? Why don't we take more time? Why don't we prioritize it? I wanna challenge us as we move into this next season. It is how we get more acquainted with God. It is where we download the cares of this world to our heavenly Father. And here's something that maybe we can work on. It is where we listen to receive a supernatural download from him. Amen. Prayer is a two-way street. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine anybody married here or have a significant other that you're hoping to marry? No. <laughs> Maybe you're looking for a spouse. No. <laughs> anybody, anybody. Um, can you imagine if you went into a relationship and it was just a one-sided pile-on, right? Sometimes we treat 
right, it is the worst. That would be the worst. And this and that and hey, another thing. Sometimes we're like that with God when we come to prayer. We come to God and of course he is the God of the universe. He's got it all figured out. And we just go to town, right? We're talking the whole time and we're telling him all the things and we're telling him all the things we need and then boom, bang, we're out of there. And I'm sure he has grace for that. But do you know that you serve the God of the universe and he has amazing things that he wants to share with you. He wants to overwhelm you with his presence. He wants to overwhelm you with his everlasting love. He wants to remind you of his goodness. He wants to download and infill you with his peace as you sit in his presence and take time, say time. Prayer takes time. It is the hard work of building a relationship with a human being, and it is the work of building a relationship with God is prioritizing the time so you can sit and you can listen. We're not great at listening, are we? I'm not good at this. I mean, I'm not gonna stand up here and tell you I'm taking 45 minutes a day to listen to God. But you know what? It is an attitude of prayer where I can commune with God day in and day out, moment by moment. I come to God, I, I, I listen to him, but I must sit in the stillness, in the secret place where nobody else is and train myself, you know? Sometimes it's like all of a sudden you're like ADD, right? You, can, you, you can't even focus. But we must use discipline and train ourselves to spend the time before the Lord to just focus and hear him because he has amazing things for you. The God of the universe, this is your direct line. And sometimes it's funny, isn't it? We're a little bit intimidated sometimes by prayer. Let's just admit it. It's a little bit intimidating. I know you. I know all of you. I know who I'm talking about, talking to today. I know my audience here. You are very successful. You're very highly trained. You're very highly educated. You're very influential. Come on, Washingtonians. <laughs> Do you want to see a very successful, highly trained person who can stand up in front of many people and do presentations and can just, do you wanna see somebody freak out? Invite them to your citizen group and then ask them if they wanna pray out loud. Um, I, I don't do that. And I get it. So I'm not making fun really, but it is true. We allow the idea, the concept of prayer to be intimidating to us sometimes, right? Because we think we have to have all these words. We think we have to sound like, you know, a pastor or a bishop or somebody super fancy with like lots of robes on or something to, in order to reach God. But you know what, can I encourage you to prioritize the time that it takes to go into the secret place where you can have intimacy with God and you can talk to God and then you can listen to him and he in his 
amazing love and faithfulness and long-suffering. He will talk to you. He will speak to your heart. He will reassure you of, of his goodness and his love, his presence in your life, his sovereignty in your life. He will remind you of things that he's spoken to you in the past, and he will assure you of the future that he has ahead for you. Amen? And he will answer your prayers, even in the midst of not seeing those answers always manifest around you. You will have that bold, faith-filled confidence. My God is with me. Prayer connects me to God. Jeremiah, where is it? <laughs> Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me and answer me, and I will, the God of the universe, you need creative solutions for your business, go to him and listen. You need uh, ideas for whatever is next in your life. You need direction. You need grace for parenting. You need you know, grace for your marriage. You need, what do you need? Go to him and spend time in the presence of God. He is your source. He is your divine source, and he, prayer is your connection to him. Amen? Say pray more. Just shout it out. All right, number two, prayer brings protection and deliverance. Prayer brings protection and deliverance. Let's look at Psalm 91, verse one through four. It says, he who dwells, in the secret place of the Most High, there again, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. This is powerful. You know why this is so powerful to me in this season? Because um, there's a lot of things in life that you can't control. And I'm in a season right now where I just move, I have like children, as you know, many children. I'm overrun with children, specifically boys. And, um, but they're they're grown. We moved Owen out this summer, guys. Owen, little O. He's big. He's grown. He turned 18. He's got his own apartment. I know. And he's living in North Carolina. He's going to school, and he's doing great. But when my children, who are my heart, move outside of the house, like every stage, you know, some of you are dropping your kids off at kindergarten. I get it. Thank God the big sunglasses were in fashion then because I dropped Caden off every day and I wore the big sunglasses when you couldn't see just the tears. I wore them into the school. People probably thought I was, oh, she's like one of those people, you know, that thinks she's whatever, wearing glasses, sunglasses inside. Oh, no. It was like the, the tears were whew, bad. Every stage you learn, well, now we're letting our kids really go. Like they're out, out, okay? And there's so little that I'm in control of. And God is teaching me in prayer in this season that he is my protection and he is deliverance in the areas that I can't control. Amen? But here's the thing. This word dwell, 
This word abide, these are not stranger words. These are not visitor words. These are words for disciples who take time, who prioritize, who value prayer, who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. They will abide, amen, in the shadow of the Almighty. And he promises us that he will protect and deliver. And what are all the, you know, the, from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence, what does this mean? These are hidden traps. God brings protection over you, over your children, in your work, in your company, things that you'll never know until you get to heaven, what God delivered you from, what God saved your child from, the things that you can't see. He protects you and delivers you from hidden traps, amen. His outstretched arms keep you perfectly safe. And this is such a beautiful picture because it's a picture of a parent uh, bird holding their babies like under their wing where it's all warm and cozy and snuggly in there. And they don't know that there's like a whole bunch of hurricane winds happening outside because they're very safe. They're very protected. This is what our God does. But he who dwells in the secret place, amen, prayer brings protection and deliverance to his people. And we must take the time to surrender to him the things that we can't control. And I'm a big believer in doing what I can. I have a saying. I apply it to many areas of my life. Do what you can. <laughs> you know, I'm not that fancy. Do what you can. Do your part. Follow Jesus. Be faithful. Try hard. But you know what? At some point, we have to surrender to the Lord and say, God, you're just going to have to Pick up the pieces, fill the gaps, do what I can't do. Protection, amen? Deliverance. Number three, prayer brings peace and dispels anxiety. Prayer brings peace and dispels anxiety. Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, come on, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and then the peace of God, come on, which passes understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This has kind of been like our drumbeat this whole past couple years. Come on. Anxiety is a big thing, but God wants to trade his peace for your anxiety. So come to him in prayer. Come to him in prayer. And I know there's those of us who are sitting here and you're like, I did that and I tried that. And I don't, I'm not getting better. Can I encourage you? Continue. Continue to go back. Continue to trust him. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane was 100% man and 100% God at the same time. Okay? He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and he says to his disciples, because he knows what's coming. He knows he's gonna be crucified on a cross. And as a human being, he's terrified. He goes to the garden with his best friends and he says, you sit over here, I am going over here to pray. And this is where Jesus falls on his face before God. Talk about anxiety, he's sweating actual drops of blood. He's anxious about his fate. 
And in the midst of that, he goes to God and he says, if this cup could pass from me, let it be so, but not my will, aren't you glad? <laughs> but your will be done. How many times did Jesus go back to check his disciples? There they are, totally sleeping, wake them up, go back. Once again, falls on his face before God, anxious, full of wrestling. God, if this cup could pass from me, but not my own will, but your will be done. If Jesus needs to go again and again and again to find peace in a hard situation, how much more do you and I need to go again and again and again, trusting him, pressing in, believing that God, the peace that passes understanding, that means it's not gonna make sense with the situation that you see around you, but in the midst of the hard thing, you're gonna find the peace of God and it's going to guard your heart. It's gonna put a guard on your mind. It's not gonna allow your mind to travel down that scary pathway that makes you lose night after night of sleep. What could happen? What could happen? What if this? What if that? The peace of God, we access it in prayer. Amen? We access it in prayer. Number four, prayer keeps me from sin. Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I think that if we're really honest, we could all claim that one for ourselves, <laughs> right? The spirit is willing, but we are weak in our flesh. We have to be honest with ourselves about that. I think sometimes when it comes to our sin and our struggles, we hide them from God as if they can be hidden. We don't take those things to God in prayer. We're like the toddler with the marker all over their face and we're holding the marker behind our back and we're standing there. Anybody have that experience with their kid? Or like the, the cut hair right in the front section of the head and then the scissors behind the back and you're just, you know, and, and, and you're just looking at your child like, what happened? <laughs> Nothing. Did something happen? No, I mean, I don't know. Do you think something happened? We've all had that experience. If you have a toddler, you come about it one way or the other. Or maybe they colored their brother and they have the, you know, that's even better. Or cut their, that's the worst. That makes you just so much injustice, right? But we do that with God as if we can hide from him. I say, it's time to get honest with God about where we really are. Do you have a sin, a sin pattern, a struggle, something that is a weakness? Guess what? We all have it. We all have it. We must be naked before him in the secret place. Come before him and say, God, this is where I am. I need you to help me. I need your grace. And then you get really brave and you get full of his spirit and then you invite a fellow believer, a trusted person, not just anybody, but somebody who knows the Bible, somebody who's not gonna let you settle for compromise, somebody that's gonna keep you accountable, somebody that's gonna pull you up into a place of healing and wholeness and righteousness and walking before God, somebody who loves you. The Bible encourages us 
in this. It says, therefore, if you confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed, the prayer of a righteous person has a great power. Come on, as it is working. The other more familiar translation of that would be the prayers of the righteous man and woman avails much. We love that last phrase, but sometimes we forget what is it talking about. It's actually talking about praying for your brother and sister in Christ and believing God that they are going to be set free from that thing. Come on. God wants to spend time with you. We get many prayer requests, usually anonymous, from people who are tuning in, who are attending, who are struggling in an area, and they're asking for prayer to, to just to get free from it, whatever it is. There are real things, real struggles. God already knows. Get the courage, get the bravery to go to him. Ask him to help you. Spend time with him. Allow his love to wash you clean, to cleanse you, to make you whole, and then get the courage to invite someone else into that, a pastor, a citizen group leader. You know, this is one of the real proof texts in the Bible that we need each other. Don't confess your sins to one another that you can be forgiven. That's between you and Jesus. We confess our faults to one another in safe community so that we can become free, so that we can be healed, so that we can walk out of the systems and patterns of this world and walk into the freedom and the goodness that God has prepared for us. Amen? Amen. Troy, you're wondering, but I'm saying bring it. We're going to do it. We're going to land it. We know that prayer brings supernatural change. Amen? Prayer for healing, prayer for provision, prayer for breakthrough. God is a good God. God is a good God. He wants to meet your needs, but sometimes we start with the need part and we never stick around for the peace. Come on, for the connection. We don't stick around for some of these other areas that we don't realize is what brings us deeper in our journey of discipleship and following God. Prayer is more about getting what God has for you than what you want from God. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is more about getting what God has for you than what you want from him. As I close today, I just want to encourage us in the posture of prayer. I told you my title was The Power and Posture of Prayer. How do you come? How do you come to God? What is my attitude when I come to God? I've had some bizarre experiences over the years as I've been outnumbered by teenagers in my own home. One specific one that maybe anybody have teenagers in here, you might be able to, you know, sometimes, usually I take things in stride, you know? I don't let my feathers get too ruffled. But on one particular day, one of my boys just, he came right at me, you know? right at me with this, you owe me. I made you. <laughs> you owe me. I was like, what? Just, just so aggressive, right? Teenagers can be aggressive, and you know what? They're so nice. They, they come back to you eventually. Parents, as, a, as an encouragement, they get very aggressive. It's all the hormones and all the changes and the things happening in their brain. But sometimes they just, you know, so we had a little chit-chat that day about timing. 
I was like, what? I owe you? He's like, yeah, you owe me. And I was like, first of all, let's just talk about a few things. The full refrigerator right here, for instance. Every thread that's on your body that I bought for you, every piece of food that goes in your mouth. Come on, we provide for our children, right? We love them over and above and beyond. And not to mention the clothes on your body, which are more expensive than what I'm wearing, because I'm pretty sure I had a shirt on that I bought at Costco that day. That's what you do when you have to buy these brands for your kids. You start buying your clothes at Costco. I'm sorry to say it. Nothing against Costco, but it's not great. <laughs> I was like, I owe you? You know, he dialed it back because he know mom doesn't play. He's like, no, it's like, turns out, you know, he paid for his brother's Chick-fil-A and now he needed me to reimburse him. But I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And the truth is, it wasn't about the money and it wasn't about the fact that he had a need, but it was how he was coming at me. Sometimes we do that with God. We think we're doing God some big favor because we've been following him for 20 years. If Jesus didn't do another thing for me and for you, what he did on the cross would be enough. Amen? If he didn't do another thing, he has secured eternity. And so the little drop in the bucket, the little whisper of time that we spend on this earth to hopefully walk in his ways and learn from him and bring him glory, if he didn't do another thing, but yet he does, yet he heals. Let's not forget all of his benefits. He forgives all of our sin. He heals our diseases. He cleanses us. He washes us in, in righteousness. He sets us on a high place when we deserve to be here. God in his goodness is just generous. And he says to us, Pray big prayers, pray more, long prayers, short prayers, big prayers, small prayers. Pray on the way to work, pray on the way home. Pray over your kids when they're sleeping, pray over them when they're at school, pray over them. Pray, because he's our source. Not out of a religious duty, not of religious incantation. It's not a magic set of words, it's a connection with the supernatural God of the universe who loves us, who made you, and who is with you and wants to commune with you. How do we come? We come in humility. I didn't look up these definitions. I made them myself for you. Understanding my place in light of God's greatness. That's what humility is for me in this season. Understanding my place in light of the greatness of God. Surrender. This is a big one. The constant pursuit of putting my will my pride, my selfish ambition, and my motivation aside and asking God for his will. Jesus taught us to pray in this manner. He said, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Faith is not an accessory that we put on to elevate our own lifestyle and preferences. The Bible says that we fall and we shatter our lives on the rock of Jesus Christ. We bend our will and we 
change ourselves in order and allow spiritual transformation in order to become more like him. It is from the inside out, amen? Proper posture in prayer is everything because when we pray, we can come confidently and boldly before God according to his will, knowing that he will answer. First John 5, I leave you with this. First John 5, 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we had have asked of him. Amen? Amen. Amen. I just wanna pray over us today as we go from this place. Would you bow your heads with me? I wanna pray a prayer of surrender. I wanna pray a prayer of acknowledgement and just, just faith-filled reflection on the goodness of God. I'm in awe of him today. I'm in awe of him in our lives and each and every one of your situations. I'm in awe of what he's doing in our church in our community, in the midst of perilous times. Father God, we come before you today, recognizing your sovereignty, recognizing your goodness, your everlasting love, God, the love that changes us and transforms us to be more like you, the grace that you give us, your divine enablement to even just say yes to you to open our hearts today, to receive your love, to receive your forgiveness. God, you see our hearts. You know that we're full of ourselves. We're full of our own plans and our own ambitions. And these things aren't bad, but God, we wanna surrender and bring them in alignment with your will. Above all, God, we say today, as we surrender our hearts to you, Father, your will be done. We wanna see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth, in our lives, in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces. God, even as it is in heaven, in heaven it's already done. But God, we commit today to taking the time, to spending the time, to prioritizing and value the things that you value and taking that time to pray those things from heaven to be manifest on earth. God, we surrender our hearts to you afresh today. We surrender our lives to you. God, we want to be more like you. We love you, Jesus. We give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna take one more minute just to extend an invitation. If you're here in this room today and you've never prayed and accepted Christ as your savior, maybe you're tuning in online and you've never made that commitment to Jesus and today you just can feel it, your heart's pounding and you just know today is your day. If that's you, I just wanna invite you to say this prayer with me for the very first time. We're gonna pray out loud. We're gonna all pray together so you don't have to feel embarrassed or, or, uh, or put on the spot. But if you're here today and you would like to say this prayer for the very first time with every head bowed and every eye closed, I would like to know who you are. If you can slip your hand up, we won't call you out. We won't make a spectacle, but I would like to know who I'm praying with today. If it's you for the very first time, whether you're in the Dulles campus, Tenley Town campus, just slip your hand up so we can see who you are. Thank you. We see those hands. 
Would you repeat after me today as, we, as I pray this prayer aloud? Dear Jesus, you see my sin. Forgive me. I want to live my life for you. Wash me clean. Make me new. I don't want to do my own thing. Jesus, I want to live your way. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.